Hi, everyone. So as we can tell from the title of this episode, this is a bonus episode all about The Little Mermaid. So as you can probably tell from the quality of the microphone, I am recording this at home. I am recording this on my little home studio, LOL studio in air quotes, because I'm sitting in my kitchen at my kitchen table recording this with my handheld microphone as if I'm a professional. You guys, I don't even know. So you can probably tell the quality change between my mic that I'm using now and the studio mic. So I am sitting alone in my kitchen. Solomon is not here. I am by myself. So this is truly me talking to myself, you guys. I recorded about 30 minutes into this episode and I realized I did the whole thing out of order and I didn't like what I did. So I literally deleted it. And this is take fucking two because my brain is so rotted through and through that I can't, I can't thank you guys. So I'm going to try this again and try to keep more structure because the first round, you guys, if I had put that episode out, y'all would have beat my ass down boots because the chaos of what I was saying made no sense. So This is all about Little Mermaid, in case you didn't gather. If you haven't seen the movie yet, please don't listen to the episode. Go watch the movie and then come back. This bonus episode will be up forever. So you guys can revisit this episode whenever you finish the film. So it is currently Wednesday, May 31st. I saw the film twice. Once on May 25th, Thursday, and once on Friday, May 26th. Highly recommend seeing this movie in IMAX or in the Dolby. Pay extra for a better quality experience because this movie, I promise you, deserves it. Better visuals, better audio, especially the audio, you guys. I'm an audio whore in the sense of like, I want the music to literally vibrate my internal organs and Dolby will do that. So highly recommend. Also hearing Halle Bailey's voice in that kind of sound is worth every penny. I would literally pay $30 just to go sit and hear Halle Bailey sing part of your world in the Dolby theater. So go see it in one of those theaters. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you it is worth it. Even if you're seeing it for a second, third, fourth, fifth time, do it in one of those theaters. It is worth its weight in gold. So without further ado, let's get into the film. So I'm just going to be kind of glossing over it because we all know how the movie goes. We know the plot line of the movie. I just want to talk about the things I liked, the changes, the additions, the takeaways, and just the over my overall thoughts on the film. So I'm going to be going based upon the album. That's how I'm going to keep the order because let me tell you guys this. When I recorded the episode that I ended up deleting, I literally did the entire movie up until for the first time realizing I didn't talk about under the sea and I was so mortified and embarrassed that I skipped that song because of how much I loved it that I deleted the whole episode so I'm not going to forget that this time so anyways la-di-da-di-da let's talk about the movie beautiful visuals the opening credit scene of Hans Christian Anderson Hans Christian Anderson's quote about mermaids crying I don't remember the exact quote wish I could tell you but very much giving Fergie big girls don't cry but if y'all don't know which if you don't know this it's giving homophobia especially during pride month Hans Christian Anderson was gay 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 and Little Mermaid is semi-autobiographical about his life and like his lack of ability to be with a man that he loved which is just so tragic and like when you put that in context with the original story especially with like Ariel or not Ariel is her name Ariel the mermaid 
dying at the end. She sells her soul for the prince and dies because she doesn't get the kiss and is just hopeless and lifeless. It's it's so sad. So happy Pride Month, you guys. Anyways, um, Hans Christian Andersen quote at the beginning, the waves, beautiful visuals, live, laugh, love. Um, we see under the sea, we see the ship. It's very much giving Pirates of the Caribbean. We meet Miss Halle Bailey. Love you guys. I could write a thesis like about Halle Bailey and how perfect she was cast in this movie, but we literally all know because we've all seen it. Magic, you guys. She is magic. Like without, there's no other way to describe her performance besides like perfect, beautiful, amazing, like just heart wrenching. I, I will, I want her to be nominated for an Oscar. I know that that might be crazy and I don't know if that'll happen, but I want Halle Bailey to be nominated for an Oscar for this movie because her performance was just legendary. So Halle Bailey, love you girl. We meet Halle Bailey. We get the, you know, the shark scene, which you guys, let me just say this about that great white shark scene. I think it's hilarious that we are meant to think that this great white shark is trying to eat flounder. I'm like, you're telling me this entire big ass fucking fish, this big ass great white, which can be up to 20 feet long, 20 feet, you guys, is trying to eat for dinner this little fish the size of my hand. Like, girl, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Which, I mean, the shark trying to eat Ariel, obviously that. I'm like, okay, understandable because that bitch got meat on her bones. But flounder, girl. The math ain't mathin'. We meet the Mer sisters, you guys. OMG. The Mer sisters are so beautiful. The one from Bridgerton season two, slay. I do not know her name off the top of my head, but the other Mer sister, she was, I want to say... Either one of or the only, the the black, dark-skinned black Mercister. Her colors are like blue and orange and yellow. She was so beautiful, you guys. Every shot that she was in, even if she was just in the background, eating. Eat, 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 eat. I literally, the first moment I saw her, I screamed because I was like, that bitch is serving looks. And I was obsessed. All the Mer, all the Mercisters were serving. Like, Fucking cunty. Cunty. So I live. Um, so the Mer sisters are Mer sistering. And then let's just fast forward. We get to part of your world, you guys. Oh, oh my God. Oh, wait. We also meet, we meet, um, all the Mer sisters. We meet King Triton, very much slay. We meet Sebastian, David Diggs. So hilarious. Like, did the characters so much like honor and was so funny and like so true to the original, but so refreshing and in, in the same like brushstroke, it was his performance was perfect. So David Diggs, you better work flounder. So cute. Love to see it little. It's giving much giving um, baby girl energy. Then we meet Aquafina as scuttle. I have some thoughts. Aquafina's a choice of a, an actor to choose just because of her history, but I won't get into that. But I thought Aquafina actually did a pretty decent job. I thought she brought she brought Scuttle into a different place that I thought was very entertaining overall. That's all I'll say. And we'll talk about a different kind of something later. You know what I'm talking about. Anyways, we are now moving along. We get to part of your world. You guys, I could talk about part of your world until my face turns blue because of how 
stunning it is. So when this song first dropped, like when Hallie's version dropped, like weeks before the movie came out, I was obsessed, you guys. I was listening to it on repeat every day, nonstop. Like I'm not, I literally am not joking. I think probably about 200 streams that went to that song's like count were from me. So you're welcome, Disney. Part of your world happens. Hallie Bailey's like, uh, just everything about her, her acting, her eyes. Like also the fact that this is her first movie, you guys, is unbelievable. Like that that girl is talent, like in every cell of her body. Her voice sounded so beautiful. Her acting was so beautiful. Her eyes, like the way she just saw what she she wanted, was oh, I literally was crying the whole time. This theater, you guys, when that movie when that song happened, you could hear a pin drop. It was silent. And we get the whole song. Um, oh, I just was living. And the way she was reaching at the end, like out of the grotto was such a beautiful shot. Like this movie was just comprised of so many beautiful visuals. Like you could tell that this, everyone who worked on this was like, re- like really cared about it and really knew the importance of it. Which let me take a pause because I think it's important to mention. If you do not know Disney history and the history of Disney as a brand and a company and like a, a, a studio, the company was doing really poorly in the eighties. It was like very go. It was going downhill very quickly. And little mermaid came out in 89. And this movie was the movie that saved the brand. You can do your own research on this because there's a lot to say about it. And I don't have the time, but this movie, you guys literally was like the frozen, like, do you remember when Frozen came out and how huge that was? Little Mermaid was Frozen of the late 80s. And then, obviously, that kicked off the Disney Renaissance. We had Beauty and the Beast, Lion King. Literally, so many iconic films came after that. And, honestly, rest in peace, Howard Ashman. You are a legend. You're a star. Happy Pride to you, Howard. Love you. Part of Your World, the most iconic Disney song probably ever. I would go on a limb and say Part of Your World is probably the most iconic Disney song ever. And Halle Bailey, like, not only did it justice, but, like, performed that song in a way that I think was the best version of that song to ever exist. Her vocal choices, the, like, shading she used in certain phrases was brilliant and inspired and just perfect. Like, literally just perfect, you guys. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I just love her. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So then we get the iconic shot of Ariel swimming up because she sees the fireworks. You guys, that shot is beautiful. Her swimming upwards, reaching towards the fireworks. I want that printed in a book. Like there, are, I want a coffee table book of all of, of several scenes from this film because of how beautiful they are. I don't have a coffee table, but I want the book nonetheless. So if someone wants to gift me that, I would literally kiss you a thousand times. So please, if that's ever available, let me know, send me the link and I will buy it. If it's not available, maybe I should create it. I don't know how to do that, but I'll have to figure it out. Anyways, swims up to the surface, sees them on the deck. Another change made. Eric's character was like so much like more passionate about the world. And like it, the way they created Ariel and Eric to be like very similar, like uh, souls and just like, bound to be together because of their desire to see the world like obviously we know that ariel she just sang a whole three minute song about being part of that world part of your world 
And we see Eric has this similar desire to like explore the world and to connect himself with people he's never met. And he's obviously like in a position of like power and government um, in his kingdom, which I also love that they added. He was like, what he washed up on shore. Like he wasn't related to the, the Royal family, but they took him in and he's like now part of the Royal family. It's like a, such a smart and subtle change that like has such an impact. But we see that Eric is, you know, wanting to have more of his life. He's wanting more for his kingdom. He's wanting more for the world. He's a very worldly person and we love to see it. And Ariel's like very much attracted to that because she's like, that's what I want for myself. And you want this for yourself. Not to mention you're hot. Um, so slay the shipwreck happens. OMG literally it's giving rain. It's giving waves. It's giving fire. It's giving rocks. It's giving smush. It's giving smash. It's wild. Um, Ugh, also loved that Ariel saved Max. Like Max was thrown in the water and Ariel like helped him to the boat. It's giving ASCPA. ASCPA? Is that what it's called? In the arms of the angels. Slay. Sarah McLaughlin. She is saving the dolls and saving the dogs. So then blah, blah, blah. Fast forward, fast forward. We get part of your world reprise. She saves Eric. He's unsure with her. Her, again, her vocals, you guys, are just so, so fierce. Her, the way she just like speaks sings is so beautiful because her speaking voice has just like a melodic quality to it. It just, her casting as Ariel just makes so much sense because she is a siren. The way her, her voice is so unique. I've never heard anything like it. The way she creates sound is so like puts you in a trance. It's just slay. It is so slay girl. We got... The iconic water crashing against the rocks, her belting out part of your world. Ugh, it's serving Kunt doll. It's serving Kunt. So then we get um, under the sea after that. So obviously iconic, one of the a very iconic song. David Diggs really ate the dolls up. The visuals in this number were amazing. The colors were beautiful. I remember people criticizing this film when the trailers first came out, being like. It's very lackluster in the color quality. And people were even saying that once it's out. And I'm like, um, y'all need to get your fucking eyes checked because this is actually stunning and you're just fucking stupid. So if you think that the visuals for this movie are lacking, how does it feel to be wrong? Because this number alone serves. The Alvin Ailey, like the way Alvin Ailey choreographed the dancing fish and like provided the visuals for them to animate off of was so beautiful. The way Hallie like sang along during part of your world or oh, you guys, not me being able to not remember anything. The way she sang along during under the sea and like the little add in she did brilliant. It also just was such a smart change of making it less about Sebastian lecturing Ariel and more about them, you know, collaborating and just having fun together. And it just was so enjoyable and her smile and the visuals of like her bouncing on those jellyfish and then her with the bioluminescent jellyfish, like, and her swimming with the dolphins with her hands. Oh my God. It's perfect. One second. I have to cough. <coughs> Sorry. I'm back. Oh, beautiful, 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 beautiful. And the way she like throws the sand. Oh, you guys, I could go on and on and on. Just stunning, 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 stunning visuals, diva. And then we get, what comes next, you guys? 
like, here's the thing. I'm trying to stay on the track of the movie while simultaneously, like, just bing bong boom around what happens during the movie. And then we get Wild Uncharted Waters, you guys. That song, that was a Prince Eric song. I'm kind of undecided on the song. I liked it. The first time I saw it, it kind of shocked me. I was a little bit, like, hoy. But I also kind of live. It's very much giving, like, Jeremy Jordan. It's very much giving Pasek and Paul. It's very much giving, like, contemporary musical theater. I kind of live. But, you know, love him. So I forgive. Wild Uncharted Waters. Live. Like, you better work, Miss Erica. So... Love that for him. We see that he's like really trying to get his bag. That's like his part of your world. And so I love to see it. And then fast forward after part of your world, we see Ariel in her grotto after, after the ship sank. Let's also talk about this. You guys, that statue. So in the original movie, the statue was of Prince Eric. It was kind of cringe. Not, not that it was cringe, but Prince Eric was like, girl, what is all this? The statue was of Prince Eric. It sank into the bottom of the ocean after the shipwreck. Ariel had the, the statue in her grotto and she was like, you know, gagging over it. Cause she's like, oh my God, Prince Eric, Prince Eric. Oh, oh, oh. It was very much superficial vibes. Um, and you could tell they did a lot of work in this version to make Ariel's desire to be part of your world or part of the world, the human world less about Eric and more about her desire to explore. And they did a really, really good job because that was the difference that need a change that needed to be made because in the original it was very much giving you're doing all this for man. And why would you, why would a woman do all this for man? And so I love that change. It was very smart. So the statue, like I was saying was of Eric originally, this new one was just a statue that Eric collected on his travels Sank to the bottom of the ocean. Ariel collected it and put it in her little grotto. Um, Sebastian sells Ariel out. Blah, blah, blah. We know how it goes. Triton blows that shit up, which let me just say, loved the development they did with Triton. Very subtle, but loved it because, you know, they very much added this realistic element to Triton's character about like his concern for Ariel's choices is rooted in her safety, which is which is what the original character was too. But I think they embellished about like Triton's trauma with losing Ariel's mom to humans. And like these humans are dangerous. These humans kill mermaids. They have been killing mermaids. They ruin our environment. They're bad for us. They're bad news. You need to stay away. You need to interest yourself in something else because I am concerned about your safety. Obviously like goes about it in the wrong way, but like you very much understand his concern, but then he blows the shit up. Obviously Ariel goes to see Ursula, which also loved that they like had Ursula entice Ariel with the like flots and majestic swimming in the circle. And she like magically appeared. Ursula was just amazing. Melissa McCarthy ate the girlies up. I remember when they announced her casting, I was a little bit like hesitant, but I'm so happy she was cast. She was hilarious. She was also very intimidating while simultaneously like very welcoming, which I think is perfect in talking about Ursula. I think that's exactly where she should be and what she should be. So I was very thrilled that Melissa McCarthy did an amazing job. So shout out to Melissa McCarthy. You ate girl. We see Ariel go to the grotto, blah, blah, blah. Or not the grotto to Ari Ursula's lair. Another thing that they did 
they made Ariel way less helpless, which I loved. Like she was very much like in her head, like very much consciously thinking about things and which I think goes in with the writing and Hallie's performance. Just stunning. Hallie's like, or Hallie, Ariel's like, um, girl, I don't know if I should be doing this. Like, I think this might be a mistake. I think I might be making the wrong decision. And then we get poor unfortunate souls. Ursula convinces Ariel to, you know, this is the best option for you, girly pop, because other than this, you are just going back to your home and you're going to be miserable. So you can make your choice. I'm just here to help. And, you know, it successfully convinces Ariel, which is so, so fierce. So very, the writing, you guys, we all know, slay. Ariel becomes a human on land that shot, you guys, of her whipping her hair. I remember she said it almost broke her neck because her hair was so heavy because the, like, the weight of the locks and the hair wet was just, it almost snapped her neck, which, damn girl, you better work. I hope you got the physical therapy that you needed to fix your neck because that shot was worth its weight in gold, though. She gets collected and brought ashore. So then we get arguably the best a new addition to this film, was which is a song I have literally nonstop listened to, by the way. I'm sure we've all felt the same way. For the first time, which the first time I heard this song, I said, yep, this song was written by Lin Manuel Miranda because it's giving it's giving Encanto while simultaneously giving very much part uh, Little Mermaid 2, the one with Melody. Um, what's that song? Uh Ariel's coming, Ariel's coming. Not that song. Uh uh, the real ones will know I can't tell you the name of the song I'm not going to look it up But it's very much giving that Mixed with Encanto And I live And Hallie's voice you guys So perfect And just the way it's like Narrating her experiences Slay Just slay across the board Her learning that like Oh shit how do I walk What's gravity What's fire What's a fire and why does it What's the word burn Ah. Uh, you guys, I just came to that realization right now that she burns herself. Slay. And she's always wanted to do that. <sighs> I live, you guys. And then they do that like little transition where she you see her actually singing the words of like her internal monologue. And then Eric shows up and she can't talk. And something, again, like I said, they really removed this whole helpless element out of Ariel's character. And you really see Ariel in that moment understand the weight and gravity of her decision that she gave up her voice and she's like why did I do that <sighs> like what I made a mistake and what am I gonna do and I just think that self-awareness added to the added to Ariel's character is so refreshing because originally Ariel's I mean obviously Ariel's naive she doesn't know a lot because she just hasn't seen a lot but like in the original, she just kind of feels a little bit airheaded. In this version, she feels very intelligent and insightful, but naive. And it's just beautiful to see. I also forgot to mention the little change they made with Ursula, you know, telling, like adding to the spell that Ariel can't remember she needs to be kissed. Brilliant. Because otherwise Ariel could have just gotten kissed right then and there. So that little change just made their relationship and the work that they put into their Ariel and Eric's relationship so much cuter let's fast track through this middle portion you guys this middle portion of the film was so beautiful and the work that ariel and and hallie and noah did together and their chemistry was so beautiful and 
a delight to watch on screen. I cannot wait to watch it again because their romance is so believable and so, ugh, you guys, I can't. So then we get, let me just check the song list to make sure I'm going in the right order for the first time. Oh, Ariel and Eric go out exploring, which let's talk about Crimsby and how much of an ally he is to Ariel. Because, you know, Eric sent out his soldiers to go find the girl who saved him. And everyone's like, girl, you ain't going to find her. And then obviously Eric's like, I really want to be at this girl. So what do I do? And then he's like, I will, I will sacrifice one of your little carriages going to look for this girl to give you to hang out with her for the day. Ally. Ally. They hang out. They go dancing around the village. We see the little Jody Benson cameo, which is so cute. And the way they like symbolically pass over the dingle hopper. I live. Ariel eats the flower, which made me scream laugh because that girl is just em- head empty. No thoughts, just vibes. And so she just vibe in with Prince Eric. They're having a good time. She like, they're very much getting along and there's like no, pr- and the thing that I like about that change with, with Ursula being like, you can't remember you need to get kissed. There's no pressure on Ariel to have a relationship with Eric. She just is there to like be there. And it's just so beautiful to see their relationship blossom. I also forgot to add that whole scene in the library. You guys was so cute. Like in how the library mirrored Ariel's grotto and like how Eric and it's just the similarities between Eric and Ariel that they added are just unbelievably gorge. And when he, she sees a little statue of the mermaid and he's like, Oh, my little mermaid, you guys, the way that made me scream out loud in the theater. I truly cannot. Ugh, gorge. Oh, you guys, I wish my brain worked. I wish, I wish, I wish. But I forgot to mention with that little statue and um, when Triton blew all her shit up, the fact that she was like, it wasn't Eric, the statue of Eric. It was a statue of a random thing. And when he blew it up, it was a hand. And she was like holding onto the hand instead of holding onto like the remnant of Eric's face. Just another way to like make Ariel's desires for human humanity just even clearer. Oh, I live, I live, I live. But back to where we were. The Little Mermaid statue, them exploring all the maps, just them building a relationship was so beautiful. And then we get to kiss the girl. Beautiful. Though the little line change about consent, even better. Cherry on fucking top, you guys. David Diggs sounds amazing. All of them sound amazing together. When they're exploring, looking at the stars, and he's trying to guess her name. (gasps) I literally screamed when he pointed at Aries. And then... She, he was trying to figure out her name and she pointed at Aries and then she did the thing on his lips to like dictate the L, the L sound to be like Ariel. Oh my God, you guys. I almost exploded in the theater because of how cute it was. And I wanted them to kiss so bad. I wanted them to kiss so bad. Oh God. The changes they made from the original to this one, it's just perfect. Everything they did was perfect. So... Obviously, she doesn't get kissed. Mr. Flotsam and Jetsam flips the boat. <gasps> Sorry, I yawned. Flotsam and Jetsam flip the boat over. Yikeronis. Ursula's like, God damn, that was close. Well, I got to prevent that from happening. Got to turn myself into a cunty young lady. We see the entrance of Vanessa. Oh, my God, you guys. I have been a Vanessa stan since I was a child. I have been obsessed with Vanessa since I was a kid, which just goes to show how gay I am because that's so gay of me to be obsessed with Vanessa. But um, anyways, 
we see her. She's literally in the movie for poor, like the actress who plays Vanessa's probably collectively in this movie for about probably less than 10 minutes, like shots of her. And yet she has such an impact. Oh my God. And also the actress who plays her is so funny. If you guys have seen her on social media, she's hilarious. Serving every shot of her serving, serving the house down boots. Um, we then see, Oh girl, Everything has every everything that's great has to have one flop. And this is the flop. Scuttlebutt. Let's talk about it, you guys. I was scared. I was scared. I will say, the second time I saw it, I kinda laughed. Not to lie, not gonna lie. I kinda giggled. Not sure if because I knew that it was bad and I just was like, this is camp. Or sorry, I yawned again, you guys. So sorry. Not sure if it's because I just thought it was camp, so I, like, was living or what was going on in my brain. But I kind of thought it was hilarious. So, that's just me. But, yeah, I could have done without Scuttlebutt. What, I'm like, sometimes we don't have to do a song. Sometimes we can just do a scene. But, you know, at least in the in the film, like, Ariel's annoyed with them because all the rest of us as an audience are also annoyed with Scuttle and Sebastian. But that's all the energy I'm going to give to Scuttlebutt because I just don't want to do it anymore. Now we fast forward, Ariel finds out, oh damn, this girl, girly pop is like entranced Eric and she is going to get married to him. What am I supposed to do? And then arguably the part that made me cry the hardest, I cried both times with this part, part of your world reprise part two, her sitting on the same rock. She sang the first one on, but this time with human legs, completely alone, completely isolated. Like, what am I going to do? The realization of like, I'm going to die. Ursula is going to claim my soul. What am I supposed to do? I can't go get the help from my dad because I can't swim because I'm not a mermaid. What am I to do? And this bitch just came up and took my man. And I was so close to getting him too. Like, what? So very, very sad. And like the, when she's like, what did I give to live where you are? Oh, like again, the self-realization it's just chef's kiss, you guys. And her vocals, too, on that. I literally cried. And she had dropped the Little Mermaid statue into the water. <laughs> I literally sobbed. And then they're like, okay, we need to distract Eric. We need Because then Skettle finds out when Vanessa is Ursula. We find that out. And that scene, you guys, with her singing the... Oh my God, you guys, I was screaming in the theater. Cause I'm like, could you imagine literally being in the frame of a camera for, or probably having a collective amount of three, like three minutes of screen time. I'm changing the number every time. Oh, sorry. Yawning. I'm sleepy. I guess I'm giving sleeping beauty, but her singing in the mirror. Cunt. And you guys, the amount of times I said cunty with this film, I will probably say it more slay. She sang that diva. And yeah, then we know Miss Aquafina's like girly pop. That's Ursula. You need to go do something about this. You need to save the prince. You need to save yourself. And you need to save the kingdom doll because that is a sea witch. And then we see the iconic fight scene during the wedding, which was one of my favorite scenes as a kid, which is the reason why I hate the ride at Disneyland. The Little Mermaid ride at at Disneyland, mark my words, count your days, diva. I hate that ride because they cut the whole good part of the end out where they're fighting. Ugh, anyways. 
We see Ariel run and snatch that shell right off her neck. Cracks on the floor. Her voice restored. She's like, Eric, I wish I could have told you. Too late, Diva turns into a fish. Ah, ah, ah. Ursula snatches that bitch up and takes her back to the ocean where she belongs. Then the rest follows very much like the original. Live, laugh, loved. Love that Ariel was the reason why Ursula got shish kebobbed, Diva. Um, as in the original, it's Eric. In this version, it's Ariel. Eric is the one who's in distress, and Ariel saves him. Which, how many times has Ariel saved Eric in this movie? So many. So I live to see it. And yeah, it's very much giving girl boss, very much giving feminist, very much giving 2023. I live. Then, uh, you know, the rest of the movie follows as the original Ariel, like, you know, very sad mermaid. Triton is like, I will turn you into human. He turns into a human. Wish that we had that really slay dress that we had in the original, but I will forgive and I will forget. But that scene when she emerges with a crystally dress and the original, the sparkly dress, <gasps> gay awakening, you guys. This movie was my gay awakening as a kid, not because I realized I liked men, but because I realized that I, I, women, my relationship with women is that I, I stand women and I don't, um, want romantic relationships. I just want to be obsessed with them and everything that they do. So that's when I realized because I'm like Ariel coming out of the water in that silver dress, iconic. Didn't have that in this version, but it kind of made, it made more sense to not have it. So I understand why they did what they did. Anyways, then, you know, we get this whole scene at the end where she gets back with Eric and they're very happy. Happily ever after they get married. Bada bing, bada boom. They realize we're going to go explore the world. Like that's what our, our mission is. We're going to explore. We're going to go on the uncharted waters. The, we dropped the name of that song again. And then the scene that made me cry, like just sob, especially the second time. It really didn't hit me the first time because I think I was in a state of shock. But it hit me the second time when Ariel and Eric are going to the ship and Triton like stops them to talk, like have one final conversation with Ariel. When he says, when Ariel thanks Triton, she's like, thank you for hearing me. And Triton says, you shouldn't have had to give up your voice to be heard the way that made me just cry my eyes out and just there. And she like the way she just love, they love each other is. And then the music like the da, 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 da. Oh, 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 I cry. I cry. I cry. You guys. And that's a little mermaid. Ugh wrapped and sign seal delivered. Ugh. Just just uh you guys, I really wish my brain worked better and I wished that I wasn't as tired because I I could go on and on and on, but I don't think you want to listen to that. So that is that, you guys. I would love to know your thoughts. Please tell me. Let's talk about it. Let's DM about it. Let's get coffee and talk about it. I literally, you guys, was so obsessed with this movie. I'm absolutely going to see it again. I'm probably going to see it this weekend or next week in IMAX, of course. And just live my life again because this movie is so just perfect. I think this movie, you guys, is one of the most perfect movies I've ever seen. Obviously, I'd cut Scuttlebutt. If I have to cut anything, I'd cut that. And... 
I would cut that and I'd give Ariel a country dress at the end. That's literally the only two changes I'd make. However, the, the having those two things in them, the way that they did it, I'm okay with. So go see Little Mermaid, you guys. It is so beautiful. It is so stunning. Halle Bailey is just like literally, you guys, she is such a superstar. I want her to have an Oscar for this movie. I don't know if I already said that in this podcast or if I said that in the first attempt I made to record this episode, but Halle, I want Halle Bailey to be nominated for an Oscar for this because her performance was so inspired and perfect and joy-filled and human and realized and oh my God, you guys. Oh, I just, I really, I can't like, I get choked up thinking about it. Not to mention, you guys, like, obviously, when it comes to talking about casting, casting the most talented person for the role is typically the conversation. But first and foremost, Halle Bailey is the only person on this planet who could have played Ariel, period. End of story. However, we need to talk about, like, the way... It is so important. And I think I mentioned this before. Maybe I didn't. But like the way so many little girls and boys get to see themselves represented on screen where they formerly haven't in a setting that isn't about a character's skin color is so important and so beautiful to see these children being able to like love something because it looks like them like this is why representation is important this movie is why representation matters this movie is why what inclusion means because it's just oh my god I can't you guys I literally can't I'll start crying but like the importance of this film the importance of Halle Bailey's performance the importance of her casting not only that but like the way they incorporated her wearing locks and just like, just, oh my God. And just, it was oh perfect. And like the way that it was just so important and it was done so well, I just am, I'm so thrilled and I'm so excited that this movie exists. And I'm so excited that future children will get to see this and get to have this story in their life. And I'm so happy that I got to see this and I'm, we are so lucky, you guys. And let me just end this episode with this. We are so lucky to be living in this t- this timeline that has this movie. We are so blessed and fortunate to be able to see Halle Bailey play Ariel. We are so fortunate to have gotten to grow up with the original and love the original and have a connection and a relationship with the original and getting to see this remake that is so true to the original while simultaneously being so refreshing and new and perfect and inspired and thought provoking. And just, it scratches the itch that the original scratched and more. And I'm weird. I'm just so thrilled of how it turned out. I'm such a stan. I can't wait to buy all the merch. I can't wait to see the movie again. And I love it. I probably will talk more about it in the future on future episodes. Um, But yeah, that's the wrap on this little bonus episode for you guys. I'm sorry if I was rambling, but I literally didn't have Solomon here to keep my brain on track. So um, miss you, Solomon. And that's that. So 
I will see you guys on the next episode. The next episode is kicking off Pride Month. If you didn't know, this is the episode comes out the day before Pride Month. So happy Pride to everyone. Um, the next episode is going to be all about my journey with my sexuality. And I'm very excited about the content I have planned for this month. Um, it's going to be very LGBTQIA plus doll. So I have to post this episode because I said I'd be posted at 8 and it's currently 8.30. So I need to not be tardy for the party and post this episode now. So I love you all so much. Thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you for loving Little Mermaid. I loved it. If you haven't seen it, go see it and let's chat. So have a great rest of your day. Also, shout out to our viewing party, the podcast with Tati and Maddie. I burped. The episode that comes out next week. So first week of June is going to be about Little Mermaid. Go listen to their podcast. It's probably going to be way more detailed and way more cohesive than the episode that I put out, but they probably said similar things and they're very slay. So go listen to them. Go listen to their episode. If you want to listen to more Little Mermaid content, but other than that, love you all so much. Have a great rest of your day. I will see you all later skaters. I will see you on the scuttlebutt flippity flop. Ah, ah, ah. Bye bye.